front desk. Hey, uh, what time is checkout? Um, checkout was two hours ago. Right. Welcome to Late Checkout. I'm Steve. And I'm Ryan. Right, today we're talking about a very special place. We're talking about Trier, Germany. Trier, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I've never said it right. I don't think I ever will say it right. <laughs> but yeah, I always say uh, Trier. Uh, you say it correctly. <laughs> um, and that's probably how it's going to continue for the rest of this podcast. But uh, Trier, Germany, it's in West Germany. It's up against the Luxembourg border. It's in the Mosul River Valley. The Mosul River flows through the west part of Germany there. A river runs through it. It does. Uh, I like to call it Germany's little big city. I made that up like oh. five minutes ago. You should you should tell them. Like you should reach out and be like, "Hey, I." Uh... I feel like it would fit well on a bumper sticker. You know, you could put it on your um, BMW or your Mercedes <laughs> or your Volkswagen, whatever you're driving around uh, Germany. Yeah, actually, well. speaking of, I think that we were in a Mercedes. Like I think we rented. I think you uh, splurged a little and rented a Mercedes that trip. Yeah, I wanted to feel like I had the kind of money that I don't actually have. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to rent that feeling. Heck yeah, that's all about that's I mean, that should be like our tagline. Like, that's the podcast that likes to live a life that we actually can't afford. The podcast that rents <laughs> that rents its life. <laughs> That's what vacation is, really, right? Yeah. You're renting a lifestyle that you can't actually enjoy mm -hmm. on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean, who can live in a hotel? I mean, obviously, there's some people that can live in a hotel, but... Uh, yeah, they're not listening to this podcast. No. no. <laughs> they're doing whatever they do. They're listening to some podcast about stocks and uh, <laughs> buying and selling yeah. and yeah, shorting they, and, you know, they're yeah. making... Uh, making money. They're making money. Meanwhile, we're sitting here... <laughs> talking about how we wish that it would just pour out of the sky magically. <laughs> but, you know, maybe you out there in the audience, maybe that's what you're doing too. And maybe that's why we connect so well is because you're in, uh, you're in a similar situation. <laughs> yeah, so Trier, Germany. When I think of Trier and why people would go there, the ideal tourist for Trier to me is someone that is really looking to experience the the quintessential parts of Germany, where you go and you experience kind of the old ancientness of the uh, land there. Somebody that appreciates a little bit of history and then also appreciates the modern, like, everyday life that people are living. Because really, to me, Trier is where the like the medieval and the modern kind of come together because you're walking through a really old city that is fully functioning today as a community that people are living in and going to school and working in and all that stuff. And if you can appreciate both aspects mm -hmm. of, uh, of that, then you're going to love Trier. Yeah. Or if you're just living down the street because you have to, you can get to go visit it and fall in love with it. Well, yeah. I, yeah. And that's probably... <laughs> You're probably talking about your experience what? with it, which I do want to get to. But first, I want to talk about uh, you. I want to talk about myself. Okay. I am six foot one. <laughs> I am tons of fun, and I dress to a T. <laughs> no, I uh, I want to talk about the things that we like. I want to do that little segment oh, that we did. You know, okay. we've 
done some interesting ones. So uh, do you want to rock, paper, scissors for who goes? Or no, I think you... I'm going to let you go this time. Okay. I think you're just kind of pawning it off when you say it that way. Yeah. I mean, I came into this unprepared. Okay. And, uh... <laughs> you're acting like you're doing me a favor, mm-hmm. but you're like, I'm That's looking over. That's how you go about it. There's no paper in front of you. Mm-hmm. There's no notebook. So obviously you weren't. I, yeah. I mean, I just got my glass of wine and okay. wandered in here. I mean, I don't even know where I am. So my favorite thing that I wanted to talk about, I wrote it in the back of my uh, notebook here uh, the other day when I was messing around on the computer, and I wrote things I like, Mm. underlined, wrote this one thing, and then during the week, three other things popped up that I wanted to talk about, but I never wrote them down. So this is who knows what else. So who knows? I was sitting sitting around thinking like, wow, man, what else did I have in my head? But I have no idea. So what I did write down was because I was messing around on the computer was Google Flights. Google Flights is amazing. And I've seen you play around on the computer when you're just dreaming of, you know, things that we could do, places Mm -hmm. that we could do, and you're messing around with uh, Google Flights. I feel like that's always a starting point. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, it's Google Flights. It's never just go to the airline. I want to be able to kind of track trends and that kind of stuff. So, Well, for a lot of people, the thing that holds them back from going far away Um, And maybe I shouldn't even say far away because it's probably the thing that holds them back from even doing something here in the States. But the thing that holds people back is they know how expensive airfare is. Yeah. And that seems like the first prohibitory thing that they're going to come up against is, uh, yes, they will be forbidden. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had a friend who went to Israel uh, on a trip and he said that the signs there, uh, they all said forbid, like the things were forbidden. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Forbid sitting on this wall is forbidden. (laughs) That's serious. That is serious. Maybe people would respect the law a little more. Yeah. If if we would forbid stuff. Yeah. Instead of just say, uh, get serious about this stuff. It's not. Let me know how serious you are about this law, and I will probably determine how much I respect it. Yeah. It's it's not a no trespassing. It's trespassing is forbidden. That sounds like it comes with serious consequences. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, it may feel like it is forbidden for you to <laughs> uh, go overseas when you see a $1,600 fare yes. into, uh, you know, Munich or Zurich or Paris or something like that. And you think, you know what, that's, there's no way that's ever going to happen. But the thing is that the fares do go down throughout mm-hmm. the year. And there are times, uh, and it can be, you know, certain... It, any it's season. Definitely not during Oktoberfest. Like you are probably <laughs> looking at no. traveling to Munich during Oktoberfest if that's that's you know, true. The starting price. That's true. You do have to be a little flexible. But if you will be a little flexible in order to uh, attain your dreams, mm-hmm. then you can find a good fare out there. Absolutely. Last week, I was I posted on Instagram because I was on searching for different stuff. But mm-hmm. I uh, I was searching different Phoenix flights, and I found a Phoenix to Zurich flight, which is normally about sixteen hundred bucks. Yeah. I found it for four hundred and sixty-five dollars. Why are we here? Is yeah, my question. I never mentioned it to you. Had okay. I mentioned it to you, you would have mm. booked it immediately. Yeah, uh, but that's the kind of stuff that pops up. I was searching. Uh, you know, my dad has always talked about going to Ireland, so mm-hmm. I was searching the Philadelphia to uh, Dublin uh, flights, and there was there were flights in the four hundreds to that, and that's another wow. one that's usually you know like twelve hundred, thirteen hundred bucks. So now he's going to want to know why he's still here. I texted him about it. So <laughs> oh, there's no excuse. There's then. no excuse. He's yeah. still here because he just. <laughs> Didn't decide to buy the ticket. He probably walked away from that conversation <laughs> thinking like, who is this Google and how can I get a hold of her? <laughs> what is the phone number for me to call? Yeah, he kept dialing Google. 
take me to Dublin to Google. Or he's talking to his phone like Google is Siri. <laughs> Google, take me to Dublin, Google. <laughs> so uh, these are the tips that I give people for uh, using Google Flights. Okay. Um, and by I mean, I give to people, I mean, for the first time in my entire life, <laughs> I will be doing this right now. <laughs> Um, that you've always dreamt of I've giving. I've always dreamed of, I've always dreamt of if giving. If only someone had just asked you. I stand in line at the supermarket, <laughs> like giving, like making eyes at people, like, please, I hope this person asks me for travel tips or like something about Google flights and they never do. But tonight, tonight I take full advantage of this opportunity and I say to all those that are listening, go to google.com slash flights. <laughs> Uh, enter in the city that you that you're leaving from, the city that you are dreaming of going to, uh, and then enter in some dates. Hit the results; it's going to pop up. It's going to tell you what the uh, normal fares are. Now, this is where you can mess around. You can click on. Uh, there's a little button in there that says graph, and it pulls up a graph of kind of like uh, the next month or so. It's showing you whether or not if you uh, if you book. For the week following, instead of the week that you wanted to go, that maybe it's going to be a more expensive trip. Or maybe there's a cheaper week for you to travel. So Mm -hmm. you can change around some of your travel plans to get a little bit of a cheaper ticket. There's also, if you don't want to look at it in the graph form, you can take a look at it in the calendar form. That's another option on there. And it'll show on each day uh, what the fare is at for that day. Now, that's all well and good. You know, if you're if you're looking to, you know, maybe save 100, 200 bucks here or there Mm -hmm. just by changing the day of your trip. But if you really want to see when fares are dropping, uh, what you need to do is go back to where you started, enter in the cities, uh, enter in a date, you know, close to now or when you were thinking about leaving, then enter in a return date of like six months out. Oh, and I then, didn't know that. Well, this is how I've been using it. So, okay. you know, take it with a grain of salt. I could just be making this up. <laughs> uh, so you enter in a return date about six months out. You search it. It's going to come back. Then it's going to have a button underneath the top fares that it's offering you mm-hmm. that uh, it's going to say, click to track prices. You click on that. Now it's going to start sending you emails when the prices drop for that fare. Oh, okay. So here's the thing. Because you picked this like six-month flight span or whatever, the prices that get sent to your email are not the exact price that you're going to get. But what it is is it's a, it's a hint for you. It's oh. going to say like, hey – Prices are dropped now, mm-hmm. you know, from that, like, uh, within this uh, within this range kind of thing. So if you go in, you should be able to find fares that are much, much lower than if you would have uh, been searching, like, weeks ago. Oh, okay. Does that kind of make sense that it's like, I mean, yeah. because you're not going to book that six-month trip, round trip or whatever, but yeah. you are going to know I that mean, fares are... Yeah. Ha- you're that guy that's listening to the podcast that also listens to the business podcast. Yeah, unless you're, yeah, that that, that dude, he's booking like, it. He's, he only listens like once in a while. Yeah, but you're going to be able to know that fares have dropped and, and then you can get in there and mess around and find a good one for yourself. That's awesome. And I mean, the difference between $1,600 and like, you know, 460 bucks, that's, that's pretty huge. I mean, I would think that that's the difference between like, yeah, we can make this trip work. Yeah. You know, for a lot of people, because well, that's for a, now a your hotel like our, is covered. Yeah. Well, for a family like ourselves, a, a family of three, like that's the difference between, you know, one ticket and then all three tickets. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So back to Trier. Okay. 
we kind of hit on why somebody would want to go there. They're looking for that mashup between the old Germany and the new Germany. Not East Germany and West Germany, no, but like old and new. Okay. No, not that mashup. Not Berlin Wall <laughs> mashup. They're looking for, you know, like way old meets kind of new okay. and uh, kind of small town atmosphere, but you still have all the amenities type of thing. But we didn't go there because we were looking for that necessarily. We went there, we enjoyed that, but why did we go there? Because I am from a little town that is about 30 minutes away from there called Bitburg. Yeah, so we went there to visit where you grew up. Yep. Uh, your dad was in the Air Force stationed mm -hmm. over in Germany, and you grew up in that well, I grew in up area. in yeah. I grew up in the area. I grew up. Um, One of my favorite lines from the song Space Jam was "Come into my area, I'ma have to bury you." <laughs> you know, it's ironic. Space Jam's was a sophomore year thing for sure because I remember as a cheerleader, it was one of the first uh, halftime shows we had a Space Jam song. That's awesome. Yeah, I would have loved to see that. Um, <laughs> Well, that was, was very honest. And I wish there was tape. Awkward. I wish there was tape of it that. It is tape. There is tape of it. You've seen it. I haven't seen the Space Jam halftime. Yes, you have. If seen I the had Space seen Jam it, halftime. I would. I would know. No, uh, you have seen the Space Jam. Space Jam's halftime. Okay. You've seen it. Okay. My mom recorded it, and for once, she actually had me on the camera. Uh, but anyway, um, the last time that we came back, we came back when I was in the seventh grade, and stayed until I was nineteen. So for me, that... The last time you went back to Germany. Yes, the last time we went back to Germany. From seventh grade mm -hmm. until you were 19 years old, you lived in Germany. Yeah. In that kind of Bitburgy area that's right outside Pretty of Pretty much in the same exact home for the entire time. So when you look back at your time there, do you look back at a trailer with fond memories? Yeah, absolutely. What was it like to you? Um, that was the fascinating place because we grew up uh, very similarly to you. Um, who grew up in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, uh, it was farm country where my actual home was. Uh, there was farms everywhere. There's lots of rolling hills. It's beautiful, but it is very spacious, you know, <laughs> and separated. Um, so for us, Trier was like going to a big city. Um, so that was my, you know, take on it was like, oh, we get to go, you know, to the big city, even though it was only 30 minutes away. Like that's the place where we did our intense shopping, um, you know, and got to go to areas that were more crowded, um, yeah, that kind of the, stuff. So that's the park city mall yeah, of, there you uh, go. of your youth. We, we get, we'll do a little shout out there to the park city mall. Park city mall. I used to roll up there and grab a Cinnabon, Ooh. some orange Julius. Uh, I attempted uh, to talk to girls, uh, I think, <laughs> twice. Once successfully, uh, the second time unsuccessfully, uh, <laughs> with one of the girls pointing out how short my shorts were. Oh, uh, no, I didn't hear this story before. Yeah, and then at that point, I gave up completely, and I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm done talking to girls. Oh, my gosh, are you yeah. serious? I, baby. Well, I only mention it in hopes that she's out there listening oh. and, uh, you know, sees what I've done with my life. Mm -hmm. She could have been sitting on this podcast right now, but instead. Yeah. You're missing out lady. Yeah. I say that her you're husband is, out. her husband is the business podcast guy <laughs> in the. <laughs> he's the guy that's like actually living the vacations mm -hmm. that we go on. <laughs> he's, re he's recording a business podcast. So yeah, our trip, we, 
we tacked it on after visiting Paris. We went from Paris, jumped on a train, and rode that train out to Trier. Mm -hmm. Landed in the Trier train station, and you were you were very famous there. <laughs> oh God! It was. I thought that these people may have remembered you from your youth, but uh, <laughs> no. Apparently, they just uh, they just fell in love with you at yeah. first sight. I won a I won a contest that I didn't even know I had signed up for. Yeah, uh, Ryan is the taxi stand beauty queen. Mm -hmm. She walked up to that taxi stand, and uh, everybody. Just kind of lost their minds, uh, telling Offered her to give us a ride, telling her how beautiful she was, and <laughs> pretty incredible. Right. They offered to give me a ride, shall yeah. I say, not us a ride? Yeah. And then they saw me and was like, mm. <laughs> and then you had um, your first experience with currywurst right outside that door, so you yeah. probably were covered in currywurst sauce. I, I hadn't eaten anything uh, on the train, <laughs> and so when we got there, there was this uh, imbus stand. Yeah, this, this guy was like a food truck, right? Yeah. So, uh, and you're like, yeah, you you know, let's like, grab oh. some food from here. And yeah. I was like, eh, I don't know how, how like, good it's going to be. You don't understand. But... This is where you get the yeah. food that so, you will fall in love with for the rest of your life. We grabbed some currywurst. A lot of uh, people don't know what currywurst is. I posted about that on Instagram the other day as well. Nice. Uh, it is a bratwurst that is sliced up, and then they put this curry ketchup on it mm -hmm. and then some curry powder on it yeah. so it is your typical uh you know indian german uh <laughs> Combo. somehow yeah. we've mixed i don't know uh, i don't know where it came from but it just makes sense and it tastes good and uh it's amazing it doesn't just taste good it tastes amazing yeah and so whatever whoever decided to do that create that uh little snack there is just a genius uh, going back to the whole train thing, I love trains. I love trains in Europe. Mm -hmm. Me too. Uh, why are trains better than planes? Um, because uh, I think it's like the ease of access. Um, Agree. Yeah. And then the, you know, like they're going every hour or every two hours. Frequency of mm -hmm. making their trips. So you look at uh, an itinerary for a train, and it says, like, it's a four-hour trip, right? And you're like, oh, well, the plane trip's only two hours. Yeah, the plane trip's only two hours, but you have to get to the airport, airport. two yeah. hours before. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to go through the whole process. You got to go through the security screening, uh, get in there, and... It's just, there's just a, a bunch of stuff that goes along with it. Trains, there's no security. Yeah, actually, as you said that, I was like, wait a second, there is no security. Trains are wonderful because anybody can get on there and do whatever they want. Uh, you show up, uh, you know, like 10 minutes before your train's supposed to leave, get on the train, and then you just leave. It's amazing. Yeah. And, I mean, depending, like, we really, I think that trip learned about the different types of trains mm -hmm. um, because, you know, I had told you about how like we could just travel from one country to another so easily with trains but i think that one of the big biggest lessons that we learned was that there's the trains that stop at like every city or town um and then there's the high-speed trains that yeah. go from one major city to another without stopping you want to get the high-speed train for absolutely sure. uh and first class is always nice yes uh, i mean second class isn't bad it's i think it's tolerable 
But the prices aren't uh, so different that no. you can't afford it. It's not like when you look at first class plane tickets. Yeah, it's, it's like no, that's for other <laughs> that's human beings. Five times the amount of whatever my ticket is. Yeah, uh, but when you look at the difference between a first class train ticket and a second class train ticket, not that big a deal. Like fifteen euros sometimes. Uh, a good app to use for that that uh, we've used, and, and I mean we've downloaded a bunch of the different uh, apps for all the different train lines and stuff, yeah. but a good app so that you can avoid having to download all, all the different there. ones mm-hmm. is Go Euro. Yeah. And you can book the tickets right through Go Euro and you get an electronic ticket. So train tickets aren't something that you have to book like six months in advance when you're doing... Most of the time you can't even book it six months in advance. Yeah. So you'll show up in a city and you'll know, you know, uh, tomorrow we got to jump off to this, the, the next city or whatever. You can go on the app. You can book the ticket right there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, then you have the electronic ticket right on your phone. Or you can decide to do a day trip somewhere, um, you know, that's nearby uh, and then, you know, look up how much it costs to go there. And then that way, rental cars aren't a huge deal. Well, interesting that you mentioned that because from the train station, we jumped in one of those taxis that was pretty much thrown at you. <laughs> and I snuck in the side. And uh, he we wasn't happy that you had a thing of currywurst in your hand. That's true. I don't eat in the back of the taxi. No. It's rude. Uh, we went directly from the train station out to the Hertz rental car place. And the reason that we rented the car was because we knew we were going to be making a lot of trips at a Trier. And that's one of the benefits of Trier. I think Trier is kind of like a central hub that it you is. can get out to a lot of other places from. And yeah. we were going to be doing that. So uh, we grabbed a rental car. This is what I would say to people. Don't be afraid to rent a car in Europe. Don't be afraid to rent a car specifically in Germany. Yeah. Because the road directions are super easy to follow Mm -hmm. and super clear. Like, you know, you can understand pretty clearly how fast they want you to go, when they don't want you to pass, what lane they want you to be in, where they don't want you to be. All the roads that we were on were like super clearly marked. It is. It's very... Like, I think it's very user-friendly. Like, the roads are very user-friendly in Germany. And the drivers are very courteous. Yes, they I, are. Uh, I think Compared so. to France? Yes. No one, uh, no one was riding uh, <laughs> each other's bumpers. Uh, as long as you would get over into the right lane when you weren't passing, everything that's was okay. I mean, that's like the number one thing to know. Yeah. I think that if we... If you're not passing, get over to the right lane. Yeah, I mean, if we could share anything... About freeways in Germany or, you know, like, so about the Audubon in Germany or freeways in the U.S., stay in the right lane unless you're passing. We will all be happier that way. Yeah. <laughs> so don't be afraid to uh, rent a car for sure. Yeah. It's, uh, it's an easy process. Uh, it, it goes just like it goes here. You show up, they walk around the car, they hand you the keys, and off you go. Yeah. Uh, you know, the thing to remember is always... There are specific times when you're supposed to be picking up the car and when the place is open or closed. So if you're flying in at like 10 at night, you know, you're going to want to make sure that you are renting the car from a place that's open at 10 at night. Yeah. Or at 11 at night once you clear customs because you you have to build in. Yeah, you got to build in like, you know, an hour to get out of the airport when you're flying in internationally. So we jumped in our rental car. We drove over to the hotel that we stayed at in Trier, and I loved the hotel that we stayed at. For the most part, I don't think that we're on this podcast. Like, um, we didn't create this podcast as a way 
to um, promote name brands and stuff like that. Yeah, I think or that, review even like we don't do yeah. like, you know, a bunch. Of, normally, if we're talking about something, it's just because it's something that we like. Yeah. Not and because honestly, it's something that's like, OK, let me give you the breakdown on the good and the bad. It's usually we're only going to talk about it if it's something that we like. I think that um, we try to be as genuine as possible. So if we mention a hotel, it is because it went above and beyond our expectations. Um, And I think that this one was interesting because you, I think, like, the backstory on this is that Steve completely created this entire um, trip uh, from beginning to end as a surprise for me. So he did all of the hotel choices, you know, everything. And um, so I was so proud when we got to this hotel and it was not horrible, <laughs> yeah, not horrible because Which there's not many options. There's not many options in that area. Well, I was looking initially, I was looking in Bitburg and oh, there was like it, some dude's house, right? It seemed like it's, it seemed like they were all like people's houses and yeah. stuff. So, uh, and that wasn't on Airbnb. No, <laughs> that was through Expedia. So that's when I uh, widened out my search and was like, yeah. well, let me look. And then, uh, you know, focused on Trier. I knew we wanted to get to Trier anyway. So I was like, well, let's just uh, let's just stay there. And we ended up there. We ended up at the Park Plaza Hotel. Mm-hmm. And it's very, it's central. It's yes. right there. Uh, it's connected right there the to, the, uh, to the walk plots. Mm-hmm. So you can walk out the front door and be in the helped mark mm-hmm. uh which is the uh kind of the central market that's there on the uh kind of the walking open area that they have and for those of you that follow us like those are um the pictures that we've had of um essentially like i describe out of a disney movie um or we we talked about during the christmas market episode um that these these buildings are just Amazing. So the Park Plaza, beautiful rooms, modern feel. Uh, they have a restaurant downstairs. We oh. actually ate one night at the restaurant because it's uh, it's kind of your typical, during the day, it seems like, your typical hotel restaurant where they have kind of like a breakfast buffet, a European yeah. breakfast buffet going. But at night, switches over into a, a speakeasy. A speakeasy. <laughs> No. Uh, switches over into a steakhouse. Yeah. And it's a fancy steakhouse. Yeah. Like to where I was like, hey, let's just, I don't feel like really getting dressed up or anything. Let's just kind of shuffle downstairs to eat. And I was and like, like oh, oh, we're looking for your, you know, did you call ahead? Is your reservation yeah. here? And we're like, like, no, oh. we're just, we're in room 317. Uh, <laughs> we just get in. No. Yeah. They let us in. They're super sweet and nice. And, the steak is from Australia. Yeah, they have Australian steak Beef. and they have yeah. U.S. Uh, steaks yeah. there. So they... and it's delicious. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah, I don't know what they're feeding the uh, cows <laughs> in Australia, but it's working. <laughs> yeah, we were like, Wait, we're Keep from the up. U.S. I don't need a U.S. steak. I want to try an Australian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's check out that Australian beef. Uh like I said, the nice thing about Park Plaza is its centrality mm-hmm. and uh, how everything is kind of in walking. It seems like everything is kind of in walking it distance is. from yeah. it. Uh, so, everything, at least, that we visited while I was a kid going on field trips. <laughs> yeah, so when we wanted to explore Trier, we just got out and we we walked the city. Mm-hmm. Uh the things that you want to explore, I think, in Trier yeah. are number so many things. 
Number one, the Roman ruins. Yes. So the, Porta tr- the Porta Nigra. The Porta Nigra. Uh, at, there's a bunch of other Roman uh, buildings that pieces of them are still standing. And why are there Roman buildings? I guess, like, for us, we understand and know that, but it's probably random that we're like, go to this ancient German town. And find all this and Roman find stuff find all there. this Roman stuff. And they're like, what the heck are you talking about? Yeah, Trier was, the, was called the Rome of the North. Yeah, I mean, it's the oldest... It's the o- oldest city in Germany, and it was kind of the the northern extent of the Roman Empire as far as uh, big cities go. The Northern Wall. It was yes, it was the Northern Wall. It kept out all the White Walkers. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was conquered in about a hundred BC, and uh, later on, uh, Constantine's the Emperor Constantine's mother ended up living there. So. He thought that uh, it was pretty important at the time. Yeah. He, he built a bunch of stuff there mm-hmm. at the time. There's actually Constantine's Basilica is mm-hmm. still standing. Uh, it's still being it's used as a church today. You were going to graduate yeah. in we, uh, Constantine's Basilica. That was one of the options, yeah, that we considered. But then they were like, nah, we'll use this Air Force hangar. Yeah, well, yeah. Still cool. The Porta Nigra is famous. It was one of the gates to the city. It is this enormous... Uh, old stone structure and to me what impressed me you see the pictures of it but seeing it in person it's something that you cannot see in the United States yeah that's what I felt like Mm -hmm. because it's just like it just feels like it comes from another world yeah and it does I mean it comes from another time and it's a time that uh, you know that we don't have any uh, large architectural artifacts of here in the U.S., and, you know, that's where it exists. So even though some of these things, uh, some of these Roman ruins do at times feel like a collection of old stones. Yeah, absolutely. Like the so, Roman baths. Yes, like the Roman baths. <laughs> uh, in uh, in Trier, there's three sets of Roman baths, uh, which tells you, I guess, that the Romans were really into cleanliness. Absolutely. There's an amphitheater there. Uh, it used to hold 20,000 people. There's the Mosul Bridge, which is the oldest uh, bridge in all of Germany. Mm-hmm. The Cathedral of St. Peter is an enormous church that's uh, located right off uh, of the walk plots. And uh, it is, it's incredible. It's imposing. Uh, very is large. Where the Shroud of Turin is every year? Oh, I don't know. Is it? Yeah. They bring it in? They bring it in once a year. Hmm. And um, if you make the mistake of going to visit during that time period, it is absolutely impossible <laughs> to like, well, function uh, down there because the lines are, you know, I just remember the lines being so long and then hearing like there's this thing and it's got Jesus's face on it. So if you are a, uh, if you're into uh, like Roman Catholic history and you know, I'm not uh, Catholic, but I find this stuff uh, fascinating for sure. Helena, Constantine's mother, was like the first collector of 
of Christian memorabilia. Oh, that totally makes sense because I never could figure out why the why it would be there, why I would visit. Yeah, you know how like I have like my old Nintendo entertainment yes. system. Yes, I do. Well, she was super into that stuff, just with like uh, Christian stuff. So okay. she uh, went on a trip to Jerusalem and she found what she uh, says is a piece of the original cross. She found, uh, I think, like one of the nails. Uh, that was supposed to be used in the crucifixion. She found uh, all kinds of wow. interesting sights and things. Um, and she was like the first person to do that. It's pretty impressive, right? Yeah, She's like the absolutely. first uh, female archaeologist probably in, in history. Yeah. Um, but a lot of that stuff got brought back. And mm-hmm. so some of that stuff is in Trier and others of it is in different places. And it uh, visits. Around. Like I think that they just do tours of different places. That yeah, they move that stuff around. Yeah. So yeah, there's all those different old Roman sites, which are pretty incredible to visit. Mm-hmm. They are uh, things that you cannot see anywhere else. And the fact that you're getting that without going specifically to like Italy, uh, you're incredible. able to get that while yeah. you're doing all your other Germany stuff is cool because, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of combining your experiences. Mm-hmm. So aside from the Roman history, then there's also a big medieval history because yes. the town has been in regular use since Roman times. So... Uh, through the medieval period, the town was uh, built up and it was, you know, existed in a different fashion. So there's these medieval buildings mm-hmm. uh, that are all around and it just has this very old timey fairy tale feel to it. Mm-hmm. Walking around the, the central market there, the helped market, uh, it feels like you are in a fairy tale to yeah. some extent. And the It's beautiful and there's a fountain there is a fountain there you and i both thought of the same thing yeah it's back from uh, 1595 Mm -hmm. uh and the fountain is supposed to have these symbols on it that espouse all the uh, characteristics of trier which was like truth and honor and all this stuff but uh trier does have kind of a sordid past in medieval times because uh, this is like the dateline part this is this is the dateline part trier (laughs) why i showed up guys because he told me that there was a little bit of a Dateline <laughs> episode in this. All over Europe, uh, you know, between the 1300s and uh, right up to the 1700s, they were murdering people. Murder? <laughs> uh, <laughs> after they had accused them of being witches and oh. held uh, kind of these sham trials to try and figure out whether they are a witch it's a very it turns out it's a very hard thing to prove because it doesn't (laughs) exist but they you know they figured out what they thought were ways to say that these people were witches and they would put them to death uh i think you know they killed way more than than I, i think for us in the u.s the salem witch trials are a huge deal but like we have no concept of how many witches Oh, yeah. Or killed in the name of witchcraft or whatever you want to call it. So conservative estimates by historians are uh, 45,000 over, you know, a couple hundred years. In Trier specifically? No, 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 no oh, okay. not Trier specifically. Just in, in Europe? In, yeah, Western Europe there. So. Okay. It ebbed and flowed and it occurred in, in uh, different places and it happened for different reasons. And so uh, there's a whole group of historians. Actually, there's... There is uh, somebody who's working at the university there in Trier that's doing a lot of like historical uh, work with the records that they have there. But that's awesome. Anyway, there were a lot of people in Trier mm-hmm. that were uh, that were put to uh, death, uh, that were burned uh, as witches, including, I believe, 
the mayor of Trier at some point. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I didn't. Lo- I didn't look up the story before. I should have. Uh, you would think. I mean, that's the professional thing to do if you're doing a yeah, podcast I mean, would be to do, do some research. Yeah, like why not? Instead of just talking. You know what you're talking about? Yeah, uh, we can just so, speculate. Like, why not just speculate? Yeah, I didn't look it up uh, again. I just remember from when I had uh, done some stuff when I was going through college uh, about. All that stuff. So so this was a happening medieval place. Not if you were into witchcraft or anything like that, but <laughs> this uh, is where all the people went to do witchcraft. Yeah, this if <laughs> it you was were, happening. If you had other hobbies, then this was a happening place to be. <laughs> Uh, currently, uh, if you bring it up to current times, this is a great place, a central place for wine in the West, in the Mosul River Valley, in the western part of Germany, uh, they create a great wine there that a lot of people know of. Uh, it's called Riesling. What? Yes. What? For those who are starting out in wine, I think that Riesling is go usually for, their... Their go-to. Yeah, like the starting point. Go to the store, grab yourself some Schmidt Schoen mm-hmm. Riesling. I was going to say, Marielle, we are speaking to you. Who is someone who won the giveaway contest, and uh, we happen to know that you are a big fan of Riesling wine. You should go to Trier with your new suitcase. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, they do wine tours and tastings all around there. So, uh, unfortunately, we were there in December, um, so you didn't. We did not experience that together. If you go between March and November, there's a stand in the middle of the Hauptmarkt that is featuring local wines and you can go up there and you can try all the different wines and then they can you know you'd know where you'd want to go do some touring and some tasting and things like that and they have the great wine fest it's in august every year so yeah i think it's only three days uh but you go there and they've got wine everywhere and you drink a bunch and you live it up and you enjoy it if you do have the opportunity to catch one of the boat tours um, for the Mosul River wine. It is such an incredible view um, during the summer months. There's no other way to describe it than absolutely incredible. So what's what's interesting is you've got the river and it's cutting through uh, these hills and then on either side of the river, up the sides of these hills are the vineyards. Yeah, it's incredible. So they're kind of layered into the side of the hills, these uh, these steep hills, these mm-hmm. vineyards. So it's really pretty. And then there's a bunch of castles around there. Yes. Because what else would you expect in Germany other than castles? Castles. So there's castles that are uh, kind of restored. And then there's... <laughs> castle, which is not. Yeah. There's castles that are completely kind of rubble. But do you know there's a castle nearby Trier that's called... That's Frankenstein Castle? No. Yeah, that was the name of the family that owned it, I guess, or or something like that. And they don't know if there's any connection to the book, but they they think there is. They they suspect that uh, Castle Frankenstein is somehow uh, was somehow what? known by uh, by Shelley uh, when she wrote it. So interesting. You have to kind of follow her and see where like she like you'd have to read her biography to see like where she went. Well, I think somebody did, and they figured out that there wasn't a connection, oh, but they okay. still think there is because it's called <laughs> Frankenstein. <laughs> I named it Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we named a castle one time mm-hmm. on the way to and from a field trip on the bus, mm-hmm. uh, Rapunzel's Castle, because we were like, that castle looks like the one 
that like there's like a tower and you know like as if every castle doesn't have a tower well that's what i mean though about the about trier and that whole area feeling like it's in a fairy tale that's true uh because there's a bunch of castles all around there so if you if you show up there just type in a google castle and head out in your your rental car and visit some Uh, eating there, you, you know, we already talked about the brats. You're going to want to try some schnitzel somewhere. Go mm-hmm. to some local restaurant, order yourself some Wiener schnitzel. Uh, you won't regret it. You won't regret it. It'll probably come with potato salad. Squeeze the uh, lemon on top. It's going to be good. The drinking, you got your Riesling. Bitburg, where Ryan grew up, has their own brewery uh, where they create Bitburger beer. And it is incredible. I like Bitburger beer. You can get it here in the U.S. Uh, from BevMo, Total Wine, mm-hmm. those places. We uh, do it on a regular basis. And if when you drive into Bitburg and you go uh, to the brewery, the smell at the brewery mm-hmm. is incredible. Well, depending on what day of the month it is. Mm. It's not always like that. I guess I didn't. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I yeah, was hoping it's... it was always like that. <laughs> no. I want to live in a place where it smells like <laughs> that all the time. Yeah, no, it's only like that um, for a handful of days out of the month. Because I've been to a bunch of breweries, and I must that must have been the first hot here in the like U.S. Hoppy day. That that must have hoppy day. No, it was the it, it was like the barley day or whatever. Yeah, because I mean it smelled it like smelled they were like it, didn't it? baking some amazing bread or something yeah. like that. We found it more by scent. Then yeah, you then, know, mapping then knowing where to go. <laughs> I, f- I forgot to mention they do the uh, they do the Christmas market in Trier. We had the special Christmas market episode, yeah. of course. So if you want to know about Christmas markets, definitely go back into the episode catalog there uh, on iTunes or wherever you're listening and pull up the Christmas market episode, mm-hmm. and you can hear uh, all about that. The feature that and I've already kind of mentioned this when we're talking about rental cars, but the feature that I really like about Trier is its proximity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get to Frankfurt, uh, which is out to the east, <laughs> or Mainz. Uh, and we went to both Frankfurt and Mainz. We weren't <laughs> going to go to Frankfurt. No, there was no intention of going to Frankfurt. But Ryan left her brand new cell phone on the uh, train, and we tracked it to Frankfurt. Yeah, we did the Find My iPhone, and we watched it all the way till it got to the Frankfurt train station. Yeah, and thankfully, thanks to the wonderful employees of the German train line there, we were able to get the Deutsche Bahn. We were able to get the phone back and uh, head back to Trier for the. But Frankfurt uh, is a big city. And you can actually fly into Frankfurt if mm-hmm. you want to visit Trier, but it's a big city. But sometimes you don't want to stay in a big city. No, there are times. I mean, I can appreciate a big city, mm-hmm. but I also like being in something that feels a little cozier. Mainz is a city as well. It has a big uh, university there, mm-hmm. and we went up to Mainz because we were going to watch uh, a Bundesliga football game. game. Yeah, yeah, Bundesliga game. Dortmund was playing mm-hmm. uh, Mainz. And uh, Steve's a huge Dortmund fan, fangirl of of uh, Christian Pulisic. So, but I'm not going to give up on Dortmund uh, just because he's going to Chelsea yeah, now. It's okay. I'm, I'm going to stick with him. I mean, this guy. Like, I think I have to explain to those who are listening that you get up and you watch games that are at six or seven o'clock in the morning, um, which is a huge thing on the weekends because this man doesn't know what that looks like on the weekends. (laughs) Yeah. And in Germany, uh, it's really popular Mm -hmm. and the games are fun and exciting and the fans are great and the people are nice. Oh my gosh. It was such an incredible experience to go to the Dortmund game. 
And I can respect, like, even though I'm a Bayern München fan, um, and that's my team, uh, I will say that I can appreciate the yellow wall. Um, the Like, we didn't have the full version of the Dortmund fans. Uh, apparently, when you're in Dortmund, there's this thing called the yellow wall, which is like 20,000 people who stand the entire game and shout and do their different cheers and stuff. It was it was really cool. Uh, they, they've got a, an incredible uh, they've got incredible fans there. And uh, German soccer is fun to watch. There's a lot oh of my goals, gosh, and it's yeah. it's really fast paced. And and yeah. although we were the coldest that I think we've ever been before. Oh my yeah, um, wow, freezing. I mean, it. I was curious as to why they did not heat up the Bitburger beer. Mm-hmm. And everybody yeah. around <laughs> just seemed completely comfortable. Yeah. And I was dying. We were, by the end of the game, we were shaking uncontrollably. Like, when your muscles decide that it is so cold that they've just gone on their own, hmm. you know, like, you know it's bad. So, Frankfurt and Mainz are uh, off to the east of mm-hmm. Trier. Then you've got Bonn and Cologne are to the north. Yeah. And uh, Cologne, everybody says great things about Cologne. And yeah. we haven't been there, uh, hopefully, at some point. Well, I mean, I've been there, but we haven't been there together. Yeah. Um, as adults, you were there. You're probably like, you know, like, whatever. For, yeah, I don't care. I'm looking for a McDonald's to yeah. eat at. Where's the McDonald's? Um, <laughs> to the west then is Luxembourg because it's right on the Luxembourg mm-hmm. uh, border. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a good base of operations if you want to get out to any of those surrounding cities uh, or any of the small towns like we talked about too. So that is Trier. Mm-hmm. That, uh, you know, that's uh, there's a lot to do. In and around the city, it's a it's a beautiful place, a fun place. But before we break down our final little take on why people should go to Trier, we should play the How'd It Happen game. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to pitch this to you. Okay. The year is 1525. Oh, my gosh. We fall in love in Trier. How'd it happen? Uh, you were putting a head on a stake. Or maybe you lit some witch on fire. And I was like, you know, the intensity in which he did that was pretty attractive um i too am a witch maybe if i make friends with this guy he will keep you from burning me alive you read my mind exactly because as soon as you <laughs> as soon as you like said that i was the executioner in the scenario i thought well the only reason that she wants to be with me is to try and distract me from her witchiness and so yeah so you're going oh to, gosh. yeah, you're going to lure me in uh, so that you can continue your witchiness on the side. Absolutely. You're going to be the uh, proud, um, <laughs> you're going to be exposed to all my potions. Execu- executioners uh, back in the day made a lot of money. They oh, were, interesting. Oh, Bonus. Yes. Yeah. So executioners, uh, definitely, they were uh, in a good spot. Okay. Times were good. For those executioners. For those executioners. Yeah, I think that we met around that fountain. Like you probably did some execution near nearby. Yeah, I'm walking. Like, yeah, I'm walking back. Uh, you know, all bloody mm-hmm. and uh, sweaty and tired from a long day of killing innocents. And uh, <laughs> when you start your plan to reel me in. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's the breakdown. This is why I would say uh, why to go to there. Okay, why okay. to go to there. Why to go to there. Uh, you want to make this 
your base of operations for a trip to West Germany, any trip to West Germany, because it's well-priced, it's comfortable, it has a small-town feel with all the big-town amenities that you will need. Mm. Does that work? Yeah. All right. Uh, so that's Trier. Thank you for listening. Follow us on Instagram, Adelaide Checkout. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Send us an email if you're going anywhere interesting. We would love to hear about it. And keep listening. Keep traveling. We'll see you next time. See you next time.